This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. Today's episode is pulled from October 15, 2013. Ronnie Lotz, owner and proprietor of Cigars and Stripes Barbecue in Chicago, Illinois. He stops in, but first, let's get to Greg's visit with the one, the only, Mr. Teddy Reader. What grill or cooker should I buy, or perhaps how should I go about buying my next cooker or grill? What advice do you give people in general when they ask you that question? Um, well, I give them I give them a couple different scenarios, and and it applies really for whether it's going to be a grill or you're going to buy a smoker. And I look at it this way: first off, determine how hard do you want to work. Because there's the easy way, and there's the middle of the road, and then there's the really hard way, which is usually the old school way, where you're dealing with burning logs down to coals and, and going old school. And so first off, you determine how, far, how, how hard do you want to work. Once you've got that determined, you then set your budget. And sometimes even your budget is important to know right off the top. But how much are you willing to spend? I often am at, you know, someone says to me, well, I only want to spend $300 on a gas grill. And I'm like, (laughs) well, you're not going to get a very good gas grill for $300. You'll get a gas grill. It's just not going to last as long as you'd like. And so, you know, first is, after that is, is once you get your budget, the next is, uh, then you got to go and start doing the research. And once you start researching, then you can determine what kind of grill or smoker you want to be. And it'll vary. And some people will say, you know, oh, my neighbor has a big green egg. I want a big green egg. You know, they'll be very happy, I think, with their, I, I don't know anybody in the world that's ever not had a big green egg and yeah. not been happy. And um, I think the only time they're not happy is when it's not running. And they're like, oh, my God, I really should fire something up in that thing because it makes tasty food. But you you determine. So figure out your budget, figure out how, how hard you want to work, then do some research and you're set to go. But I often get questions are, what kind of grill should I buy? And like, I'm a mind reader. I don't know. You got to give me some details of what you're willing to spend. And I can kind of point you in the right direction, but just make it tasty. is the most important part. You want something that's going to give you good food. Yep. Make it tasty. Uh, is that a trademark line? If I said that, would I have to pay you a, a commission for saying make it tasty? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. no. You can make it tra- tasty anybody. Just go out there and make it tasty. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the easiest going guy. I like my beers cold, my bourbon smooth, and I like to keep my grills hot and my smokers at an even low and slow. And that's it. Other than that, I'm just a regular guy that just spends his days in his backyard barbecuing. And that's what I do. But for me, it's just about having some fun and making tasty, tasty food. And, you know, whether it be just tasty or if it's got some tasty goodness going to it or it's got that extra special tasty, tasty going to it, just make it tasty. (laughs) So we're firmly into fall now, Teddy, and winter fast approaching whether we like it or not. You know, are there certain recipes or even dishes that you tend to go to at this time of the year that maybe you don't get to any other point? 
Oh, for sure. Uh, number one, marrow bones. I love smoking and roasting marrow bones on the grills. And at this time of year, it's extremely rich, but it's it's a it's a cold weather dish. All right, Lon, look, I have to stop here for a second because there's probably a good portion of the audience that is, you know, maybe uh, novice at best when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So when you hear marrow bones, people are probably like, well, I don't know what that is. Where would I get one? How do I cook it? I mean, you're gonna have to break that down for us just a little bit. Well, it's it's the it's the shank, and uh, tra- traditionally the the hind shank. And what I like to do from from uh, from veal or beef cattle, and I like to have those those shanks cut up the middle lengthwise. A lot of people just cut them across into about a two inch thick uh, bone, and then you roast them. And that marrow on the inside of the bone it heats up, and there's a lot of fat in it. But I'm telling you, when that's spread on some fresh bread, little salt and pepper, and maybe a little bit of drizzling of some rosemary, um, man, it's tasty, tasty stuff. And just if, if you if you want to find it, go to your butcher and say, hey, I want some marrow bones. And can you split them in the middle lengthways for me and go to town and have a good time with it? What? Uh, so it how long like how good. long does it take? Does it uh, it does it matter on how big the bones are? Uh, do you need to cook it like at a 300 degree temperature on the grill? Is it an oven thing? I mean, well, I've done it. I, you can roast them in the oven at 425 degrees. You can put them on your grill direct or indirect, indirect at about medium to medium high heat. And because you want to really get that that the the fat that's in that marrow to render, and then you're just left with the succulent succulent uh, marrow on the inside after the fat renders off of it. It's mostly fat. Um, the the other uh, aspect to that is. Um, you can smoke them, and I smoke them usually at around 235 degrees. They take sometimes two to three hours to really get them to be that tender and, and uh, rendered deliciousness. But if you want to do it hot and fast, just throw them on your grill, and you won't be disappointed. I've also planked them before, and that's a great way to add some very quick hot smoke to it. All right, Ted, so I'm sure you're aware, being a food guy, that uh, it is, well, maybe it's not up there, but here in the States, it's National Apple Month. Cool. Are you like we into, are you into grilling or, or smoke roasting apple dishes? And if so, you know, maybe some tips on which ones to choose, how to prep, and, and perhaps even what to cook with them. Well, I, uh, I find uh, there's certain apples that you should cook with, and there's some apples that you should uh, just eat raw. Like a, a Granny Smith is a delicious apple eating on its own, just raw. A Pink Lady, which is kind of a yellowish apple with a pink hue, and on when you bite into the flesh, it's uh, very hard and tart and sweet all at the same time. That apple is much better when it's eaten raw. Same with a Gala. But when you get into cooking, um, a Fuji is really nice to cook. I, li- I like to cook with that. And But uh, a Spy or a Mac is a wonderful dish. And you can do baked apples on the grill. You can make an apple pie on the grill. Or I, do a, I make these boxes out of wood, out of maple or out of apple wood. And then I make a pie in there, and you bake an apple pie on your grill. And so really, you can... Uh, you know, you can have a lot of fun with apples. I love them. I love them. I love them in salads. I like them grilled straight up, cut in rounds. I like to dry them. Um, and then use even smoked apples is great to, to use into making a smoky applesauce as a base for a barbecue sauce. I was on your Facebook page the other day, and I saw a post that you made about stone grilling. 
So I got, I mean, we got to talk about this before I let you go tonight. You know, yeah, it, 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 the stones are, um, what I'm using is a product that's, uh, that's hand carved here in Canada. It's Canadian, 100% Canadian soapstone. And uh, it comes from my friends, uh, Maxine and Rich, uh, over at a company called BrazilianIce.com. And they've uh, created these grilling stones. And you can also pop this stone in your freezer and get it nice and cold and serve sushi and smoke salmon on it. Mm-hmm. But it's what I find is great, especially in the wintertime when the temperatures are getting pretty cold and nippy up here. Um, it holds the heat. So you put them on your gas grill or you put them on your charcoal grill, and it's going to take that and absorb that heat. You know, when you open your grill lid in the middle of the wintertime, all that beautiful hot air rushes out. Yeah. Well, the one thing, once it leaves, you know, it takes a long time to get hot again. But with the stone, once it absorbs that heat, it pretty much stays pretty darn hot. And I find just doing like uh, smash burgers on there are just incredible. Or or while I'm grilling a steak, I may want to saute some onions or mushrooms. Or in the morning, you know, maybe I'm grilling some some bacon steaks up and I want to fry an egg or make pancakes. So it allows you, it's a wonderful accessory to your grill to, to allow you to fry on the grill, but on something that's going to absorb a little bit of that smoky flavor and give you a nice, even heat, and it doesn't warp or bend, where metal tends to warp and bend. And really, metal is so impersonal. But, uh, you know, a hand-carved piece of stone is a wonderful thing. And and it works. I don't know if you've ever cooked with salt stones either, the salt blocks. Never. And salt block cooking is wonderful, only that it's, it's extremely salty. So you've got to get used to that saltiness that comes from it. But you can buy, I think, a, a pink Himalayan um, salt block for around, in, in Canada, I think I've seen them around the $35 mark. And it's basically uh, 8 to 10 inches wide, about 2 inches thick. And you just put that on uh, your, your grill, and it heats up, and you can do, like, scallops or any of your fish dishes and cook on the stone, the hot, uh, the hot salt stone. And the grilling stones, the soap stones from Brazilian Ice, they work the same principle, only they don't impart all that salt. And uh, so if you're watching your sodium intake, the the Brazilian Ice stones are really great for that. Absolutely. And you don't need a lot of fat. You don't need a lot of oil. Once they're seasoned, uh, I used mine tonight. I did some pork tenderloin and sautéed some onions with some red jalapenos. And I added all of maybe a teaspoon of oil to it just to slick up the stone a bit. And it was beautiful, even consistent cooking. I love it. It's a great accessory. One of my favorite ones for this year. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John J O N at the BBQ central show.com. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome first time to the show. Ronnie Lott joining me. Ronnie, how are you, buddy? Oh my God, this is, Gene, this is incredible. I, I don't even know where I'm at. I feel like I can do this with my lawyer now. No, I, I, do you realize that I put cologne on for this interview? Luckily, uh, we have smell-o-vision tonight. Ronnie, no offense. You, you better put some more cologne on, buddy. Whoa. Hey, listen, my first question to you is, what are you drinking, pal? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm just drinking Pepsi. This is incredible. Gene, I'm going to tell you this right now, yep. and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I've tagged you on the phone, and I know I probably made you nervous with my ranting on my text, but I, I want to tell you this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You, sir, 
are an incredible, what do you call yourself, broadcaster? Do you call yourself like a, a DJ, the podcast king? You are a pleasure to listen to because I'm going to tell you, and, and I mean this, I, you listen to that one guy with the big trailer with the nice teeth, the rich guy from Texas, he feeds all the, all the people. I think in my head that I want to hear the question that, and then all of a sudden it's like you go in my brain and then you like ask the question. I'm like, my God, you are on, you're on the fucking ball, man. And I just, I, this is a pleasure. And uh, I'm totally stoked to be here. So what's oh. on your mind? Mr. Man, Ronnie, you're going to be my personal hype man from now on. You're coming on tour with me. All right. So now just to be clear, and for the people that are uh, watching on video, I think they can make up their minds for themselves. Uh, you're not the Hall of Fame safety that used to blow up ride receivers back in the 80s and early 90s, correct? No, in fact, there's a misconception. Uh, you know, the, he was supposed to be unmarried with children. They originally called me, but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like a 10-foot black guy that could, you know, run through a, a side of a Volkswagen. I was just, you know, it was uh, it was pretty funny. The producers called me, like, Ronnie Lotz. I'm like, you fucking hey. But uh, guess what? It was, the wrong, it was the wrong one. It was the wrong guy. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, it's true. What do you want me to tell you? All right, so prior getting into the restaurant world, you did some... Uh, well, for the people who don't know, you did some uh, pro wrestling stuff. Can you kind of take me back maybe to a, a different time and obviously industry and give us a little behind-the-scenes look at what life was like in that type of a deal? Uh, you know, Gene, it, it's weird, but you, you, you kind of you, you half blanked out. I got a little bit of it, and then all of a sudden it just went nowhere. Oh, uh, I was just asking about... How you, uh, you know, in a previous life, you were doing some work in the professional wrestling scene. So if you could kind of take yeah. us back and, you know, tell us what that life was like. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a good thing to be involved in because uh, it's, it's not going to do. Uh, look, Gene, that was a really bad time in my life. It was great. I, I am very grateful to uh, spend the time on the uh, Southern pro, uh, pro Wrestling Circuit with wrestlers and, and uh, whatever it is. Uh, if it was not for that, I probably would not be barbecuing today. So for whatever it's worth, it was like my big introduction. Uh, here in Chicago, uh, I'm an authority on the Chicago Italian beef. And, uh, and that's what I like about your show because everyone talks about, they always say low and slow and low and slow and, and whatever they talk about. But Chicago is clearly, and I mean this, we're the home uh, of the low and slow, you know, uh, like a wood-fired Italian beef. We do that here. They took a really terrible cut of meat and roasted it really slow. The rib tip, which I feature here, is uh, also another, it's another cut of meat that needs to be low and slow. You know what, I, I always hate when people say that term, but man, I got to tell you something. You were talking to like the king, uh, not the king, not me, but I mean, Chicago is just all the good food has got to be barbecued just like just low. I don't know what to tell you, Gene. We're talking with Ronnie Lotz. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that owns Cigars and Stripes Barbecue Lounge. If you want to check it out while we're talking, visit the website cigarsandstripes, all spelled out, dot com. So, Ronnie, where does the, the passion or the, the love of barbecue come from? Something that you kind of grew up around as a kid or something that you just got into later in life? Then? Well, it was interesting you brought up the, the wrestling thing. Uh, what used to happen is uh, we, we do a pro re- professional wrestling circuit, and that was always that was the mouthpiece for these professional wrestlers. Long story short, Monday night, Mid-South Coliseum, we would be there. 
Tuesday night, Louisville Garden. Wednesday, Evansville, Indiana. Then we go to Blue Mountain, Mississippi up on, on, on like a Thursday. We go to somewhere in Arkansas, and we did this circle. And it never ended, and it never ended, and it never ended. However, the guys that I lived with were called the Moondogs. And uh, one of their sons, a kid named Jamie, his big thing was like, you know, hey, man, I killed it. And I'm like, all right, well, then I'll cook it. And then it's like, well... I don't know, man. Look, we would build uh, my introduction to this whole thing was I would take cinder blocks and they're chain lick friends, and then uh, we'd just take these chickens and I'd cut them in half and they'd call up all these drunken wrestlers and then we'd barbecue. And they'd make me do it because I was the little guy. You know, I'm not a big guy. I'm, I'm small. I mean, uh, I'm the manager here. So they make me cook for them. And then all of a sudden, I got to tell you something. I could take a chicken for real and make it taste good. And it, and it worked out quite well. Uh, one of my passions was uh, Italian jardinier. In Chicago, that's a condiment here that you can only get. My, my sister owns this, uh, this beef stand in California called uh, Taste Chicago. And they have a, a Chicago Italian beef. That's a trademark here. In fact, on these TV shows, they always talk about, like, you know, the beef, uh, Al's versus Mr. Beef or whatever. Anyway, uh, born and raised on it, that the condiment of jardinier which means garden mix, you can't get anywhere in this country except for here. My sister has to have it grown out in, in, uh, in pallets. So uh, I always had a passion for hot sauce and hot foods. You know, in fact, I got a hot sauce right here. Boom, there it is. Oh, listen, any of your listeners call up, I'm in. I'll feed you as many bottles as they call up. You can give them away all you want. This is Ronnie Lotz's Route 666. Uh, I'll make a long story short. Yep. What I started to do was, uh, you know, I drove around with these wrestlers. I think my business card, it said something like, uh, I'm a pro wrestling manager. They've got a trunk full of hot peppers or something like that. So I would sell this jardinier at the wrestling shows. It's a, it, it's a mix of serrano peppers. It has onions, garlic, uh, and celery. The thing is, is that they, they take the bottom round uh, uh, of beef and you slow roast it. Now, look, if you were an immigrant in the 1930s, and you were, uh, were going to have a wedding, let's say. You, you didn't have a lot of money. So they, they took this, this, this slice of meat that nobody wanted, and they, uh, they slow-cooked it. And they sliced it thin, and they put it on a nice Italian loaf, and they, they dumped jardinier on it. And it was always a big hit. Chicago's famous for it. I do a wood-fired one that will blow your doors off. <laughs> Ronnie. the let me ask you something. I mean, you're doing all this stuff uh, in the and that you're pouring a, a great beer, as I can see. When did you open Cigars and Stripes, and was it the same as it is now, or have you kind of evolved and changed over time with that business model? Well, listen, thirteen years, thirteen horrible, rotten, miserable years ago, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I just, I don't know what I did. I, I decided to open a cigar store. I, I'll be real. Do you want the full story, Gene, or do you want me to you just ju- jump in? Because you know you got to stop me. I get a little wound up. I'll tell you the story. Well, remember, uh, we're we're uh, we're on a time segment, so you know you you give me the good stuff. I'll give you the good stuff. We used to repo cars, and then the object of when we repossess cars, I had a store. I had a, a, a cigar a, a shop, and my, my thing was I used to hand pinstripe, uh, you know race cars and motorcycles, and in the off-season, we'd repo cars. The object of repossessing What's, cars... Are there people making out behind you, Ronnie? What is going on over there? Whoa. Get a hold of your show there, pal. 
good, sweetie. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a regular there. Go ahead. What do you want? What do you want anything? Long story short, we used to repossess cars, and the object was to go in there and rifle through. I was an expert at taking the change out of the ashtrays. So we took all this change out of these ashtrays, and then uh, we put it in this giant 55-gallon. Long story short, we bought cigars with it. And then uh, I, all my friends would come over and smoke my cigars and said, listen, you know, I'm going to open a cigar store. That's what I said. That was the bottom line. So you guys are stealing my cigars. I opened a cigar store. I had a couple of Czechoslovakian wrestlers that were killers. My grandfather was in the business. Long story short, called up Jerry Lawler on the phone, drove down there. He said, look, come out and wrestle with my guys. And we just and I went on the wrestling uh, circuit. That, that, that's really what it is, Gene. And that was it. So I opened a cigar store. Then this bar came for sale. And, and I'll tell you what. One day, this guy walks in. He's a 350-pound man. I want you to listen to me. I'm not kidding with you. And he looks at me. I'm about two years into this business. And he says, Ronnie, give me a butt light. And I told him, I said, listen, I would rather die than serve you a butt light again. I'm not going to do this day in and day out. I'm not going to sell you a butt light. I've been pumping English ales down your faces for years, and nobody's listening to me. I'm done. You know what? In fact, I'm not paying my mortgage no more. I'm buying my smoker because, because the only time I had, I felt like I was alive when I was cooking for those drunken, drugged up wrestlers. So there you go. <laughs> I got a chicken wing that'll blow your doors off. It's smoked. Any meat you have should be smoked with the exception of a steak. And your steak guy that was on is unbelievable. The guy from, uh, where was he from? What, uh, fuck. He knows his shit. Yes, indeed. He does know his shit. There you have it from October 15, 2013. Ronnie Lotz and Teddy Reader. If you want to hear the complete episode, head to the bbqcentralshow.com. There is a link in the show notes to take you right to this episode. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of the Barbecue Central Show or this show again. So until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you again soon.